we had some good listener suggestions come in actually, and some listener feedback. I liked. Um, yeah. Oh, a lot of people like to talk to me about lunch and mail. I think it's because it's not only it's the first one, but it's also the only one where, because we have to have a zero concept where they're like pitted against each other. I think that's a, right. that's a catchy hook. I don't know if we should do more too catchy. We don't want people listening. Are you, are you, um, yeah. I, I mean, if you're positing a spin-off podcast that some more competent podcasters should definitely do where they just have two concepts cage match it per episode, then yeah, I agree that that's a good idea. That's unfortunately, that's not the podcast that we're doing. Fortunately. Um, <laughs> you're right. Um, I, uh, feel like, um, the, yeah, the, uh, I just, it's just delights me in general, the, um, people's, uh, clearly prodigious, um, a well of feeling for the concept of lunch and mail, mm. um, as, as someone who is, you know, like, uh, I care about lunch. But um, yeah, the um, I was I've, really it's it's definitely proven that the best way for us to maintain our listenership is to not uh, do the other um, meals oh, no. too quick too quickly no. yeah, at yeah. least save those for like episode five thousand, <laughs> and that's and that episode involves all of us all of the other meals having to be ranked against each other, oh, like a like a pit fight. Exactly. Yes, one of those fights in a pit that only one can uh, emerge. <laughs> if you off the top of your head, what is the best meal? I like breakfast a lot. Are you idiot? Um, I also have it. I also often, but again, what I like, I like having breakfast for dinner. Oh. For me, breakfast, breakfast is the skeleton key because you can literally just have breakfast food at any time of day. Yeah, but dinner for breakfast is also is is peak. For me, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But for me, to me, that is just that's that that's still breakfast. comes under breakfast. Yeah. See, yeah, bre- a- bre- breakfast is the- breakfast is the neoliberalism of um of meals. It's the water that all meals swim in. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. <laughs> water is already a meal. <laughs> exactly. Soup's um, the meal so that it- always <laughs> soup's the water that all meals swim in. Damn it. Soup, soup definitely not a meal. Um, could we? So, is, was there a listener suggestion? No, nah, uh, I re- no. I just want to say I really like the one that um, Adam wrote in. Adam Thomas wrote in suggesting collaboration for a top shooter. I think that's. I don't want to do a top shooter right now, but I think that's a that's a no. Re- but it's yeah, it's, it's, it's strong, really good. Bear that in mind. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. It's funny. The other couple of um, top shooters uh, I thought of also both start with a letter C. Mm-hmm. He said mysteriously. But um, yeah. But I agree. Let's. Chris. I want to do another. Oh, thank you, Nick. <laughs> At least top three hundred. Just In look. I pick the last one. You just pick anything. Cool. Okay. I wanted. I. I just want to do. I want to do fairness because I feel like um, now I've been now I've been reminded of it. I think it'll be the specter in my mind okay. until we get onto it. And I think it could. Be, yeah. I think it'll be hard to rank. So that's my reasoning. <laughs> Okay, I'll break. Welcome to the Rank Ideas <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, the podcast where Chris and I, Nick, rank all human ideas from best to worst on one gigantic list. At the moment, it's got 20-something things on it, but ultimately it'll be, be gigantic. Yeah, it's big. It's what do you mean ultimately? We I mean, almost got uh, as many countries as the EU. <laughs> um, the... 
EU as um, a thing to rank, countries as a thing to rank, and almost as a thing to rank um, are things you might be looking forward to future episodes on. But I know that you, our gentle listeners, are excited about what we're ranking right now, which is the concept of fairness. Um, maybe maybe partly because you've uh, heard me um, almost break into rants about it on some of our previous episodes. And heard me uh, very politely smile at Nick <laughs> and his rage <laughs> against fairness for some reason. I feel like if any um, if there's anything that Alice have come to recognize um, by ear alone, it's uh, your uh, polite <laughs> um, indulgence of uh, the th- the things that I think. Yeah, I had I had to. Um, I get so um, swept up as well. Um, I ha- I was explaining the podcast to a friend um, at the day that we'd done health, and I said it turns I- out health's actually a really bad idea. Um, and they're like, why? And I just couldn't explain it at all. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's because it's um, it's like an aggregate measure, and but it can also be harmful because of uh, how people use it. And like, but your health's the most important thing. And I was like, yeah, what? What? No, but it isn't because like, but how can health be bad? <laughs> he was so upset. <laughs> anyway, I don't think he listens to the podcast. Classic health stuff. See, Chris, again, like this is, I love the idea that like, that's the whole, for me, this is the whole point that we're doing this is that once I've made the argument here, I never have to um, justify anything I say on the topic ever again. Yeah. I just refer people, I guess I just give, I give people a downloadable link that they will never be bothered listening to. And that's that. It'll be um, it's, it's the perfect form of human communication. You say never be bothered listening to, but we have appeared at 120 something in the Australian podcast charts for society and culture. It's true. It's yeah. Pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good. It's definitely better than, um, the straw man podcast I'm about to invent, uh, that's fictional, which is, um, uh, Stephen, uh, Ethan, uh, rank, uh, emotions. Oh. What a terrible pocket! What a terrible podcast idea! Yeah, or um, they don't. Girl guides for Hitler. That's another bad podcast. <laughs> There's, I mean, does it's, the one that you actually, made up really exist? No, oh, thank God. and I mean the one that you made up really does exist. Does exist. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's and actually the only Awful. problem with it, the only well, the, the it's actually quality. really. It's. it's <laughs> I was gonna say it's actually it's just a really nice uh, baking podcast, but they just they just gave it a really misleading name for some reason. Yeah, um, I think it was like a Boaty McBoatface situation. Yeah, I see. Yeah, never let people vote on your podcast name. It's unfair to do um, so. It's unfair to do so. Um, good segue. I I had already abandoned my uh, engagement with segue, so I'm glad that you. Oh, what? It, uh, I back, only did it to, to please you, <laughs> and you semi succeeded. Um, <laughs> so. So, uh, fairness, um, very fun, like at the center of most, um, human debates or arguments about just about anything. Um, and, uh, I, uh, a few years ago started to get increasingly, um, down on it as a concept. So I'm excited to see if, um, I can be argued up a few slots when we're ranking it today. Who knows? Maybe I'm not necessarily going to argue you up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll be the new number one. It won't. Um, <laughs> t- okay, well, let's, let's now, d- define it. Come on. All right. So the idea, so fairness, the concept of um, saying um, whether or not the uh, either the, the systems, mechanisms or outcomes of things are um, 
are correctly placed based, um, you know, or, cor or correctly prosecuted um, based around how the how things are set up in the first place. So the idea of, um, yeah, uh, something to be f something uh, is something being fair is some is something being equitable or um, logically or ethically, um, you know, well organized for uh, the betterment the betterment of uh all in a way that is you know i feel like it maps over to ideas like equity maps over to ideas like deserving yeah just uh, maps yes just is really good yeah and um yeah uh maps over of, of the ideas we've already ranked it maps onto the idea of um uh cheating in terms of you know um hard to even uh define the concept of what might be cheating if there isn't a concept already of what might be fair mm-hmm um, would you, uh, do you think that's, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think fairness no, I is, it's not just about rules. Like I feel like cheating can be fair as well. Like, um, I you think, know, if you're I hard done by, of, by the rules of a system, you know, like we love the idea of people robbing from the rich to give to the poor. That seems fair. Why I think that's absolutely, why are they rich? I think, I think that's absolutely the narrative that leads to a majority of cheating is people feeling that they're striking a blow for fairness in some way or another. Oh yeah, um, that sort of righteous righteousness of, I mean, like the the Germans after World War One were like, well, hang on, this is unfair. We're on, we're still on enemy soil here. Why are we having to pay all this these reparations? And you know that 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 sort of uh, national uh, consciousness of unfairness was was a huge was the the defining um, driver of. Um, and and the, on the, the flip fury side, the, that was unwielded. Uh, yeah, yeah. The idea, not only that they were being hard done by, but the idea that others were um, hoarding wealth uh, opportunistically, mm -hmm. um, quote unquote, unfairly. And I mean, you know, you, then you've got modern, like our a more local example, like um, uh, Australia's, um, like this, the it's you know the obsession in the discourse with the idea of um, queue jumping um, mm -hmm. in terms of immigration. The idea that there's a that there's a fair and equitable system that people are trying to work around or hack, um, and that that's uh, that's a grievous wrong to be, uh, you know, to be making against that system. But is um, it is it that, the domain of fairness that that it is the that leads to the wrongs? Because also it's fairness that has people, um, you know, concerned for the rights of how you treat people who are seeking asylum. You know, yes, it's, it's unfair but, to but lock again, them up. Is, uh, well, I, again, as someone who um, my intuitions um, tend more towards uh, that end of it, to me, let, the, let me put it this way, the, um, to me, my biggest um, general critique against the idea of fairness is just how locally it's um, conceived and in implemented. Mm -hmm. Like to me, to me, fairness is the fundamental example of, um, and I think I'm going to have this critique of a bunch of ideas that we come across where there are ideas that had plenty of functionality and usefulness at a certain scale of number of humans. Right. And then the, and then the more you scale up human humanity as a common project, um, the, the more junk the idea becomes like a, a vestigial idea that's not useful because basically, um, when you've got, uh, when you've got 20 people, uh, in, like, when you've got a few hundred people as a village, the idea of being able to say, okay, we can create, um, ideas of, um, fairness that, uh, control, um, who is going to be, uh, advantaged or disadvantaged at any given point. Um, you know, that can, that's fairly compelling to me 
once you've got uh, a bunch of um, villages, once you've got tons of villages that have um, grown in relative isolation to each other, suddenly having to interact with each other um, with their own, with with the huge intersectional soup of in-groups and out-groups and advantage and disadvantage, the idea of just sticking to your local conception of fairness um, to me, well, to me, it just leads to self-evident bad outcomes all around the place. And to me, the the immigration debate in Australia is a good example of that, of people being like, well, f- uh, fundamentally um, saying that it's uh, having an argument that it's fair, that because there was a system set up of how you're supposedly meant to get into a country and people are cheating that system, um, that that is that 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 unfairness is a worthwhile metric with which to punish and exclude those people um even though the large you know even though a larger context as you say and the argument could easily equally be made that the real unfairness is the circumstances that those people were facing in the country of origin as opposed to the circumstances that we enjoy here it reminds me of it, like it really touches on what i was trying to articulate in the board in the episode where we did borders in terms of it being so easy for us to look at the world through our own local concept of fairness uh, because it's hard to look at the full scale and scope of the entire world and how the outcomes, what the starting stats and the statistical likelihood of outcome for everybody is and um, face up to the glaring inequality of that. I think, is that the fault of the concept or of its um, execution? I think it's the fault. Well, let me, let me put it this way. I, to be, for me, for it to be argued that it's not the fault of the concept, I would want some models of how fairness could scale up. Okay. But why does it need to scale up? Like, why can't it be something that's just instead like, uh, reconsidered to, to only apply to the the personal situations that you interact with? Because like you could see how was, like if we go out, if, you know, we go out to like, you know, you and I, we're friends, we make the same amount of money, hypothetically. Um, we go out and have lunch every week, eight weeks in a row, you pay the ninth week. You're like, hey, Chris, can you pay for lunch today? Like, nah, <laughs> it's, you, you're, it's your turn. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. the um, Lunch, the- a great meal. Like it's yeah one of one of the median ideas of our times. Um, the um, <laughs> the the let me, let me put say a I feel like we run into the same thing that we run into with a few of the these ideas where I go well do you need the concept of even if it's not super egregious in that um, context do you need the concept of fairness to navigate who pays for lunch um, in our little micro uh, environment there? But also can you express that, it without using a synonym? That situation. I, I don't think you can. A synonym for fairness. Yeah. The, no, without using a synonym, can you express the, the like that why that situation might be a problem? Well, I mean, that's maybe this is my point. If you take if the concept of fairness is in, in society, is there do you run into those problems? Like, do you as in um wouldn't it be would you uh need there to be a sense of oh um, the amount of investment I'm making into lunch versus what Chris is making into lunch needs to even out. Would you, would we even have to feel that way if there wasn't a narrative of fairness versus like, it, you know, in the absence of that, would the outcome probably just be, well, um, whatever the logistically easiest method for getting lunch paid for that day will be the thing that happens and no one has to feel bad about, bad or good about it 
um, because we're not worried about what's fair. I tell you what, Nick, you're dangling a very tempting. You're, you're speaking my language with this carrot of like, you know what, Chris? If we did away with this concept, it, it would just be easy for me to take you to eight consecutive lunches, <laughs> nine see? consecutive lunches. Well, let me let me put it this way, like um, because uh, I think it's, it, you know leaving that to the side for a second. That and I think this is the lunch um, ex- example is a good. It's a decent analogy for me to talk about my issues with it because obviously, mm-hmm. um, as it's even even in you know you posit that as a little as a microcosm, but there it's not really because they're still in that in this little scenario of you and I getting lunch. All the problems with fairness break out because if we are just saying the way to the way for us to prosecute what's fair is who has paid for lunch more or less. If you like, uh, if we earn about the same, then that's fine. Except like literally, um, who actually, like, as you say, if we earned different amounts, which is most two people going to lunch, it's going to be closer to that. Then, then that's another factor that could play in. Also literally who cares about their money more or less? Mm, Like, as in, this is a big thing that comes like, um, I'll admit I'm a, I'm a very lucky person in life in that, um, I have low, um, uh, living expenses. So, and a, and a decent income. So the thing that I choose to do personally, um, which may have debits down the line for me, but at the moment I'm getting a lot out of it, which is I just recklessly spend on food. And, um, because to me, that's the thing I'm relaxed about doing. Um, when I'm out at, when I'm out for dinner with people, I would rather just, it's for me, it's, um, emotionally and uh, psychically just a, as a smoother, more frictionless moment for me to just chuck a bit extra in yeah. rather than to be rather than to be issuing and stressing about uh, what my share of the bill is. I'm in a position to do that. That said, it's not just that I'm in a position to do that. Like it's also, you know, because I come from a family background where none of us are particularly good with money, but we're not super bad with money either. We're, um, as, you know, as, and, uh, you know, like, uh, my, my general approach to life is just expecting stuff is going to cost more rather than less. I, um, yeah, I usually most, most times, even if I, even in moments where I am a little bit, uh, stressed out about money, I will, uh, default to being more generous just because to me, that's, that's ultimately less stressful than, than the stress of, um, you know, worry, like, uh, worrying about whether. Negotiate the detail or. Also worrying about whether other people are getting one over me, um, yeah. and this is maybe this maybe this is my other thing in life is that that I see the the other thing that I see is a lot of people are very blocked in their behaviors and their ideologies around what seems to, what I interpret as the fear or the stress that someone else is conning them, putting one over them, getting something that they're not. Which look factually, yes, that's happening all the time. Um, to, to most of us, like there is most, most of us is a position somewhere in society where there are people who are, um, ripping us off to some extent. Um, I, this is a very, uh, privilege driven, um, place for me to land on it, but because the results haven't been hugely egregious on my health or well being in the world, but, um, you know, there is the, you know, there is an argument that the thing, the thing that we have control over, um, is our, if if we don't have control over all the people who are hoarding resources or gaming us out of resources that we might otherwise have, or at least um, engaging with systems that allow them to do that to us, then the thing we do have control over is um, how we 
<laughs> how we ourselves engage with the narrative of fairness or unfairness and how that affects our mental state and our emotional state. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, there's really two sides to that. But I feel in terms of, you know, like you don't want to get too far into the idea of it's like, just feel just feel better about how the world is and things will be better um, is obviously on the one hand completely reductive and insulting. On the other hand, it's also it's also true to a big old extent. The um the narrative of um like sorry. That there have been lots of um examples of how the the absolute amount of resources you have it isn't isn't uh as correlated to your happiness as uh, I mean past the threshold as um the important to say past the threshold. Yeah. But as the inequality, but um, in a society. So if you if you're in a you know poor society where everyone like, and you can imagine because you know society's total wealth growth has been so um, extraordinarily steep in the past century. You can imagine people three hundred years ago. Like I mean, you or I are probably you know richer than um, you know many famous people through history that we could think of just by virtue of being. Um, alive in this time. Um, and those people were certainly not worried about I'm in the, their, I'm in the top 10%. Oh, you, you know that you've been, um, no, I, I, I was saying, I was just saying I'm in the top 10% of income earners worldwide. Yeah. Right. Um, and you can only imagine that you would be well within the top 1% if you, if you imagine what, who was out there, you know, 80 years ago or something yes. like that. And then, then, then there'd be household names that we could think of. Um, easily. Uh, but, but having the height, I, I know that in my own life, any, the more I've focused upon the fairness of any system, the less happy I've been within it. Um, mm. it's, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I often would map sort of unprocessed personal distress onto the unfairness of various systems. And, uh, you know, of course it didn't make me any happier to be then obsessed with the details of that, which legitimate as they are, um, were not at all empowering to me as someone to just, you know, uh, find the things that are bring me personal peace. Um, and so I, I guess like, I, th- I think the thing that's missing from this, the conversation of fairness is that like, um, you know, uh, all of us with our colliding narratives and experiences, or whatever, no individual is going to be able to have a, uh, a mapped has the, has the, the brain power or the capacity to, or the time to, to map the perspective. Yeah. Perspective to map, to map everything in a useful way. Um, and we are living in a world that is fundamentally on, you know, every level really unfair. So the, the idea of, um, uh, being really agitated by certain fairness or otherwise, I, I think it's, it's just, it's just in what you, what you do with that tool, um, and how critical a tool you th- like how you place it in your own hierarchy, which is just funny because that's obviously literally what we're doing here. But um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like the the it's like another multiplier on you know yeah f- fairness is a good or a bad tool depending on how good or bad it is to, in your own you know how important it is in your own life and your own measurement. I mean if you if you're obsessed over the fairness of everything from you know being at a sorry to pick another familiar meal example, but if you're sitting at a table and like oh that's a bigger slice of pizza that they just took, I'm not you know, that's, that's, I don't know, like I'm not paying the same share of the bill or whatever, or, you know, all the way up to, um, you know, how, oh, that's so unfair that I can't, that I'm not as strong as Nick, um, 
or whatever, like all, all the way up. Because that's for me, that's the peak of social unfairness that you're stronger I, than me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Chris. If if you know if things in society, um, you know, uh, end up affecting my personal circumstances, I'll literally just be selling off some of my physical strength to the uh, highest bidder. So that's oh, silly. You wait, should you that, should that, instead that, punch, you know, <laughs> debt or whatever. <laughs> Um, the, the, you know what they say, you put, when you punch into the debt, the debt punches back. <laughs> and I, I, would you believe I, I never heard anyone say that? It's, it's, I mean, it's a nonsensical statement, but then, you know, we're talking about the concept of fairness here. Yeah. So I see. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, I really like, I'm, I want, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is I'm strongly on board with your idea of fairness as not being a useful metric for, for, um, as a primary framework for looking at a lot of things. But I do think that, um, like, I think the, the idea of not having it exist kind of feels like cutting out, you know, a, um, a hemisphere of the brain or something, because there is something, uh, you know, we're a social species we're, we're geared to, to, um, measure our relative position in the group at all times. It's, you know, it's a source of great anxiety for many of us all the time. Um, I don't know why I say many of us. It just, just just depends where you are in various hierarchies you live in, I suppose. But um, probably potentially for all of us, it's something that's um, almost all of us. Uh, it's it's something that's a consideration and, and a tool that we have in our in our brain kit. Whether it's one we want to get rid of is one thing. But if do you think it's one that we even could get rid of? Yeah, as in as in what I mean is I don't know. I but I certainly don't think. But I, get, I think this question's come up with a couple of our other ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of going, all right, can we, um, shed our monkey skin, but again, where did this, is it such a strong part of our wiring because it's a strong part of, because it's actually in the meat or is it a strong part of our wiring because it was an idea at one point that, um, that became contagious. No, I think it's it's in the meat. Have you seen that one of the, um, I'm not sure what type of monkey it is, so I apologize, but there's, there are monkeys in a cage and, um, the researcher uh, the, so the, the monkey's job is it gives the researcher a rock or something like that. And every time it gives it a rock, it gets, it gets a bit of cucumber. And so it keep, mm-hmm. keeps doing that. And then, it, and then in the cage next to it, the other monkey gives it a rock and it gets a grape. And the first monkey mm-hmm. watches that and it gives the researcher a rock and gets cucumber. And it like looks at the cucumber and then it gives it another rock and it gets a cu- bit of cucumber and it looks at it. And it throws the cucumber back at the researcher. It gets really angry because it's like, what if it's getting the grape for doing the same thing? Where's my grape? Even though, it's, even though it was perfectly happy a minute ago trading rocks for cucumbers or whatever the task Def- is. Definitely, definitely the perfect uh, crystallization of my beefs with the concept of fantasy. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because you, you're not worried thing, about what you again, have. You're worried about relative. It, that monkey had some nice cucumbers mm-hmm. and was and the and the only thing that disrupted its sense of satisfaction with the cucumber was the idea that grapes existed. Mm. Uh, not even, not even that, not the idea that grapes existed, but the idea that someone else yeah. that, that they thought of as being analogous to themselves, um, had a grape. And, um, yeah. And to me, obviously, I mean, and this is common sense stuff, but it doesn't get, I feel like it, uh, is easy for people not to think about is the idea of, you know, that that monkey wasn't looking at the in that moment wasn't looking at the other monkey and thinking about what other life pressures or anxieties or neurodivergence that yeah. um, that other monkey might have been dealing with that might have made it that might have made life tougher for it. 
Um, it was only. Or maybe the monkey, other monkey didn't even value grape. It valued that grape That's as it. much as you valued cucumber. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's the complexity of these problems and the impossibly like the impossible nature of them to actually accurately measure, particularly in the split instance that we constantly do, and yet we use that as an emotional framework for agitating for all sorts of things. And as you said, it's the the the, the center point of all human debate, really. <laughs> Yeah, and as and to me, I guess maybe I love this, and Nick, this, this might, is fun. You've you've swung me. <laughs> good, good, good. And this might be um more um this might be more relevant uh, just to my sensibility rather than any rigorous argument. But the idea of um yeah uh, when I yeah it, the reductive flattening nature of fairness stories, fairness mm. as a story, just always kind of rubs me the wrong way like in terms of you know if you look at sport is the classic example of you know people yeah, who yeah, are obsessed yeah. and and I you know it wouldn't surprise me if the concept of sport of being a site where fairness is um protected and stuck up for like it's not hard for me to imagine that that's a relatively recent phenomenon in human history like it's easy for me to imagine that there would have been plenty of times over the course of human history where sport was just comfortably for at least for a lot of people just a place for where for where, for um quote unquote eliteness and um specialness to be uh showcased rather than um rather than the idea of a place where that was meant to be equally accessible to all people. But fundamentally, when you get down to it, you can make you you can make the um you make a rule system for sports and you make um uh by the way, the more I've been thinking about sports since our um sport episode, the more I've been crystallizing just the simple definition that sport is a culture more than a form, more than any other type of form. Like it's a, it's a, you know, it's a set of cultural mores that you put onto a situation. Um, I feel like the idea of, oh, well, as soon as you're going, all right, well, how is this sporting culture fair? Then you end, every situation that I see anyone doing ends up getting, you see people get fixated on extremely, you get get fixated on arbitrary conditions because when it comes down to it, sports are an arbitrary rule set on a long enough timeline, any rule set will be hacked. Um, and also any rules and more importantly, every rule set will favor some over others. And so eliteness within that rule set will be revealed. And fundamentally it won't become a space that's most, that's, uh, that's hundred percent accessible to most people. And people are intuitively comfortable with versions of that and uncomfortable with other versions of that. And those versions map pretty neatly onto just their other pre-existing prejudices rather than anything that makes sense. As in yeah, it's interesting. People- I actually feel like, like recently in my, um, you know, I guess the current, the current malaise has me, you know, questioning a lot of, uh, the artistic life path as, as a lot of the things I'm doing are currently unviable. And, mm. um, I like, uh, you know, all the artistic worlds in which I, um, work are also, as you said, um, rules-based cultural landscapes. Um, but I really yearn for the world of things like sport because I feel like the, the rules are, are at least understood as an arbitrary game set by the participants, even though they may be the most important thing in the world to the people who are involved and do gen- and have real value. I feel like there's at least an understanding that, you know, um, they are just sort of made up rules. Whereas that, that, that's, that's not an explicit acknowledgement within the artistic spheres. And it's infuriating Mm. to me to trade in because uh, the absence of that sort of, uh, overarching constitution, I guess, understanding is, is, um, a vacuum that's filled with people uh, attributing sort of false higher meaning that, um, 
that shits me basically. <laughs> maybe this is, and maybe this is another, you're, you're really helping me articulate my uh, stuff here, Chris, yet again, like maybe that idea of um, I'm much more comfortable uh, always in situations where people are acknowledging and self-aware of the idea of the rules under which they're operating mm. being arbitrary, arbitrary to the point of absurdity. Yeah. Um, and then, but then, I mean, you know, you've seen a lot of my arts practice, for instance, where a lot of my, a lot of the stuff I put together will be about putting together literally rule systems that guarantee a certain level of ordeal yeah. for me, for me and my creative team. Yeah. And, and um, it's about highlighting that to the audience that these were, that these arbitrary decisions were made, you know, not arbitrary, like as in they connect to themes and they connect to ideas that I want to uh, communicate, but ultimately it's just being about, all right, we chose to do this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, actually and, um, I um I had great trouble accessing your works for years. Um, not materially, but like. You're far from alone, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I bet. But, um, but once I did, I was like, once I, I, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but at one point it just dawned it like, it just washed across me and everything you did made so much sense. And I can't get enough now um, because I was like, Oh, Nick's really thought about what he's doing here. And he's presenting this thing in this, this way because of the choices that he's made and watching it, I can go back and see what those choices are. And it's so beautiful to do that. It's so, and so fun, like, and playful and um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and striking. Um, and it's so funny to see the dis like, the disconnect sometimes between um, the, you know, the rigor of those decisions, then how the work manifests and then again, how people interact with it and, and your choice, like in, in some ways to sort of uh, in some cases you're sort of like uh, because, because of the prioritization of the structure over the, the reception, it's like you, you present stuff sometimes. I, I don't know. I don't want to tell you too much about your own, life but it's, it's i, I love more it. than happy i yeah. love it i, <laughs> I love it i appreciate it. i yeah. know i know it's just i know what you're saying like sometimes the um but i didn't get the, it you know yeah sure yeah and i mean again i've i worry like i um well all of the things i ponder is how much i make my stuff inaccessible through just that strict adherence to the rule set once i mean as in with like as i get what you're saying sometimes it means that while the performance is happening um the i you know people's attempts to engage with it will just hit a wall of the of the um of the of the version of me that's had that's been created by the by the rules of the work yeah but, um and yeah you know, sometimes which is so funny and, to know, watch mm -hmm. and um yeah for, but again i've uh, it's it's never it's always it, i always arrive there through choices but yeah um whether how that intersects with um Quality is going to be very arguable, uh, audience member to audience member. But yeah, it is. I feel. I feel like yeah. Um, I've had other people talk to me, share that with me before. The idea of like having that moment of being like, oh, I see. Even if it's not like, oh, I see, but more of a, oh, I get what he's doing. But the, <laughs> <laughs> with a groan. <laughs> exactly. Which to me is just as valuable a response. Yeah. But yeah. Um, exactly. And again, and so you know, so I, th I think that um, idea of. And I think a lot of that for me comes from maybe me uh, existentially sort of raging against this idea of, uh, yeah, it's maybe for me fairness is less, it's it's less it as a as a attempt to create a rule system that irks me and more the idea of it as a, um, as an emotional valence that gets laid over things yeah. or, or, yeah. A, or a set, of, or a set of emotional stakes. The idea that um, uh, I can. Um, it's armament. 
People use yeah, it as armament incorrectly all the time. Yeah. Mm, yeah. The idea of, oh, this isn't, this isn't fair because again, the, the closest synonym to it, as you're saying, I think really is usefully just or justice, which I think is a distinct enough idea that we'll have to rank it separately. But also it's one that I have constant skepticism of in terms of, at least in terms of how it's usually used. And I, again, it's this wonder of like, could you, could you just instead of, um, worrying about whether things are fair, um, or arguing about whether things are fair, could you just uh, have more of a closer, like, and again, this, you know what this keeps coming back to? It's like when we were talking about health, it's me positing a world where we are just forced to um, consider more factors at once, more nuance at once, and get better at mapping yeah, complex yeah. systems within, within the human brain. And I feel like the, the idea of fairness is often, a, often used to duck that potential. Um, the, I, the, the I admire th- your utopian view that uh, you could extract that because I just can't see, like, I just think it's, it's, as, it's as human a feature as any other social feature that we have that, that's the, the, the obs- obsession with that concern. It's hard for me to, yeah. I mean, but again, you're, um, that doesn't mean the, we shouldn't try to transcend it as a social norm. Sorry. I, I, I don't want to give up, but, um. I, I think, yeah, to me, anything that um, weights it up is the idea that it's just going to happen and we have to deal with it, um, which, again, the, to me, the, the most compelling evidence for that is the idea that, you know, you're finding it in clinical trials with animals. Otherwise, I would be much more inclined to just still think, you know what, we could we could maybe just proceed without it. The, uh, well, actually, how about this? Mm-hmm. There, is, there is a counterargument to it. There is a counterargument, which is, which, uh, is no invention of mine, that this this idea of um, tending looking at the world through more of um, a lens of fairness and justice is in fact a class based uh, lens. You know, there's the idea that it's, oh, that, sorry, it's a cla- that, that there's a class phenomenon. Sorry, could you say that again? Sorry, it just completely cut out of my phone. Too end. easy. Yep. Have you got me now? Yeah. Got you. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, there's uh, there is a, a there is a whole other argument that is no invention of mine that um, the lens of uh, looking at the world through fairness and justice, at least in, as an extreme thing, is a class based lens. Um, I've you know this I've heard this I've heard this argument uh, a couple of times and found it pretty uh, resonant with me as someone who grew up. Um, in a lower socioeconomic context, um, but with but as a as someone who is relatively advantaged in that context, um, which is that yeah you could like um, so the the base the dumbed down version of the argument goes that working class people understand from a young age that life is fundamentally unfair. Middle class people are allowed to indulge in a more utopian narrative or the idea of the arc of the universe bending towards justice. And the, this leads to, um, the amount of, uh, class, uh, warfare or, um, friction in the discourse, because basically, um, when middle-class people come to working-class people with, um, a utopian narrative, the, um, uh, working-class people assume that they're lying or making, um, some kind of attempt at a con because they can't believe that the people could be, uh, so... They can't believe that anyone would actually look at the world that way, uh, genuinely, because to them, the world is so evidently 
unfair and unjust um, from the from their own personal experience. So yeah, I me, could definitely I could definitely relate to the experience of having of finding um, many of the obsessions with utopian ideas of fairness coming from people who have at least a modicum of opportunity. Who the, where the early years of their lives made it easy for them to believe in a narrative of moving towards justice and fairness for all, for the scaling, for the ultimate, for the project of humanity to be the ultimate scaling up of fairness of outcome for all. Um, I don't know that. I think it's, I think it's so sweeping. It's like, I, I think to say that it's a class lens rather than like, as if you can't, um, be from an extraordinary six, like, you know, uh, from the high ends of class and have a childhood where your experience is, um, is not, is, is absolutely confirms that the universe is full of pain and, um, not for you. Like that. I, I just think like it's, it's, you That's know, we true. live in cla- a class true, society. The- we all we live in class societies and you can't isolate that stuff. And, and so to mount the case is, I don't know, it's, it's a meaningless thing for me. I, th- I think, I don't think it's meaningless just because you can, yes, like you're right, you can say that there are counterexamples to all things and intersectionality um, accounts for that pretty neatly, um, which is why I think it'll rank decently high when we rank it. But the, but for me, like that, um, the complex, the complexity of individual example examples doesn't counter the idea of trends, you know, just population, just trends that are relative to populations. Yeah, but you're so, using these trends. You're using these just to be clear. These trends are being used as an assertion that the idea of fairness only exists because of class society. No, no, but it's, I'm using it to counter the idea that um, that they. I'm, I'm using this to, to pick the idea of just how intrinsic um, narratives of fairness are to the human animal, you know. And uh, don't get me wrong, like working, like, you know, the working class people that I know are as obsessed with fairness as anybody else, but the, um, the narrative expressions and the types of stories around fairness and the sort of things that get um, prosecuted as fair or unfair um, have a lot of variance in them. So that might not counter the idea that there's still a basic obsession with fairness across um, humans, but yeah, I just, it, it I think it's just a different it. landscape. Uh, like I don't even really see what the, um, like e- even the idea that somebody has, has accepted, um, even if there's like a, a, even if it were a universal truth that somebody who has accepted the idea that the world is fundamentally unfair, those people are still not immune from trading in the, they're not inoculated against trading in concepts of fairness. Certainly not. And in, uh, in to any, me that... In agitating for anything. No. It, it does... For me, it's more about that it denotes that there are different places people can land in terms of, again, that emotional valence idea. That idea of, yeah, like, okay. can the... It, does, the unfa- does the unfairness in the world drive you to madness or does it... Or is it a thing that you internalize right. in uh, in a relatively healthy way, you know, as in... Right. I find it... it I yeah. find that... The, Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was done. In in my in my personal experience, and uh, both within myself and uh, those around me, and those who I don't even know, uh, I find I find that there's a, a strong link between the 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 role of fairness and um, perhaps mismapping other um, emotional regulation, which is a, mm. a strong. Um, Strong claim to make, and I would much rather unpack it um, separately, <laughs> pr- probably in person, to be honest. But um, sure, 
<laughs> but uh, I, th- I, th- I think that like, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you that there's, um, a str- there's, there's quite a range of, of um, where people can fall in, in how they intersect with the concept of fairness in their own life and in their own society. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm still not necessarily sold on the idea that dissolving that would mean um, finding more um, useful and compelling sort of like whole ways of, of navigating problems. I think maybe, you know, if that instinct does exist, then maybe the constant collision of different competing conceptions of fairness is kind of the best you can get where, you know, in a liberal enough society, um, you know, that there are sort of proportionately weighted outcomes that land based on everybody's sense of injustice. But I guess the problem is then you can't represent the things that people don't feel are unfair, but maybe the most important things. And, and, you know, and it becomes so localized to um, where we're up because, you know, there are, uh, as you say, there's a huge plurality of different narratives of fairness that are clashing in the world. And then there's still some that are just um, incredibly um, uh, embryonic to the point that they're just not being, they're just not being even conceptualized, let alone verbalized that much in terms of like, as you say, like, because we're so, um, like if you think about just, and this is straying into other topics, um, but, uh, just, just how much up into this point in human history for really understandable reasons, um, most of the argument, uh, around, you know, you social justice, quote unquote, has been the idea of like, all right, how do we make sure everyone's material resources, safety and freedom, uh, you know, are evened out and and elevated and, you know, like there's, that's taken up, that just takes up so much bandwidth and thought that the idea of being like, okay, I feel like, you know, in the last 20th century, the thing that we've started to see, which is that, which is that, um, uh, we, you know, we've had some control experience for experiments that are large populations that have been living in relative luxury and wealth and comfort and safety and, um, human happiness, the elevation of human happiness hasn't been a given in those societies. Yeah. Um, which leads to then weird, that's, that's what leads to weird act out behaviors where you have kind of, you know, folks on the intellectual dark web being like, see, feminism was a failure because, um, because someone might be, uh, you know, someone might be a free, uh, woman pursuing a career and a family in society and still be miserable, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, like, and again, the, to me, there's, there's been no, there's, uh, that discourse is so new that there's been no good discourse on it yet. Just a bunch of dumb reactionary, um, you know, like there's been some, okay, like there's been some okay period dramas about it, but that's about it so far. And so I think about, yeah, like, um, there's, there's literally things that are just starting to poke into the idea space that are going to just complicate everything even further. And, um, which I just don't have the reference to land on a point yet, but yeah, I, and you know, maybe that just means you're right, which is that the, the biggest salve to the problems with fairness is just, the concept of argument, which I am a big believer in the efficacy of at a scaled up. Like, let me say one thing that I think scales up really well is just argument, which is the idea yeah. of you have more, you have more arguments input into the situation all the time. And over a long enough period, those, um, that, that it, de- like it demands that the, that the general level of, of rigor for arguments, uh, has to be even infin- infinitesimally higher than it was before for arguments to gain traction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I think that's, uh, you know, uh, enough of 
uh, thing that you can see uh, to um, sub- to believe in and subscribe to. I'm looking um, forward to ranking argument. Yeah, I think. Um, yes, yeah, me too. Um, I think it'll be good. I'm going to add it to the uh, possibility list now uh, before I forget. But in the meantime, while we're talking about lists, I feel like any other thing I would have to say on fairness is probably going to come out in the course of ranking it against okay. other things. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we hook straight in? I really don't have a strong idea of where I want this to go. I think, um, I think I'm pretty sold on the idea that it's, it's an inherent, um, species feature, but also that I would like it not to be the primary lens through which people, um, give weight to whatever it is they're contesting. So to me, yeah, if that's, if it is, if we accept, and I think you've done it, you've given me enough of an argument for me to accept that it is part of the onboard setup, then for me, yeah, that, then it's an argument about, uh, where, where do you place it on the list as something that, um, has to be contended with, but could also be ameliorated by challenging it, um, at all times in all places, or at the very least de-emphasizing it relative to other topics. Which doesn't make it a good idea. (laughs) No, no. Just an, just an idea. That's an interesting. Yeah, isn't virtue. <laughs> but that, but that to me, that's an interesting part of the list that might expand out over time. Is the idea of just list uh, ideas that have to be contended with. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So, um, do you want to start from the middle again? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's great. Down. Well, the middle. Yeah. Well, the middle is still lunch. So, um, I feel. Uh, I think you know. I think you know that I'm more than happy to elevate the concept of lunch, you know, oh, <laughs> just yeah. any, and I would love a world where anytime someone's about to pipe up about fairness, just people start talking about lunch instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would also rather live in a world that had an unfair lunch than fairly mm. had no lunch. There we go. Yeah. It's the fairest outcome is no lunch for anyone. Ever. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, lunch under that is harnessing electricity. Um, under that is pornography. Under that is the mail. Under that is jobs. Under that is cheating, which again, I th- and cheating and then inheritance. I do feel like, and again, I think cheating is obviously like has some has some interesting cross mapping with the idea. So maybe I don't yeah, know. Maybe th- they're in the yeah, same stopping. school. <laughs> yeah, I think I like cheating better just because yeah. it is um, active. Yeah. <laughs> it's act. It's active and it has more. Again, like the things that. Uh, I, f- I feel like it maps more distinctly into I- cross cuts with ideas that I uh, have a lot of fondness for. Well, I think have a lot of utility, like transgression and challenge. Um, so, uh, so then we've got inheritance, marriage, celebrity, genius, health. We're heading down towards borders. So, I mean. Uh, it's at the at worst it could be another one of our bottom f's so f- for listeners just tuning in we have this weird phenomenon where um phenomenon. Uh, uh, yes indeed where words starting with f like phenomenon um <laughs> have more of a seem to have seem to have a uh, pull of gravity towards the bottom bottom our bottom three at the moment are in descending order fandom faith and fulfillment right at the bottom so um yeah i mean how do you think it tracks against the other f's Well, there's a recency bias where I'm like, now that I think about it, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's, what's the one above the F's borders. 
is health above that? I don't know, Nick. I'm, I'm, I'm um, probably going to accept. You're trying to put it in the bottom three. Is that true? I definitely, I definitely still think fulfillment is worse. Yeah. Um, I, I think I probably think that faith is worse. Um, but I feel like fandom uh, fundamentally doesn't have as much scope of No, it's influence. not as weighty. Yeah. The thing is fairness is like, you know, one of the weightiest things out there. Yes, it has so much gravity for so many people. It's yeah. so important to so many people. It's the dark energy. Indeed. <laughs> um, and as the dark prince, uh, I feel like <laughs> you relate to that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, chuck it down there, Nick. Do it. Fandom, fandom, in between fandom and faith? It's, it's, it's not faith. They, you think it's worse so than related. faith? I, I feel think like... Fairness interrelates with so many of these other concepts. Um, yeah. Faith is more actively harmful, I think. Great. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my instinct too. Yeah. And again, and and for me, faith really is separate. But like, I just don't feel. I know a lot of people would disagree, but I just don't think it's. Um, it just. I don't think it appears in the human brain. Um, as instantly and arguably as, as, as you've pointed out that fairness potentially does. It's hard to know because uh, it's hard to We don't, we quantify. literally don't know. Yeah, but, uh, but I think like, you know, could you classify, you know, the sort of, you know, we're going around intersecting with everything and then completing the picture based on our previous experiences. Is, is faith some sort of like some manifestation of that? Faith for me just feels, I think it potentially, no, but that yeah. but to me, to me, faith just feels more like a second order outcome of, of primal drives. As yeah, in, I feel yeah, like, yeah, I feel I like I've, I feel like the primal drive is make sense of the universe. I and feel it's a like second order is, cop out. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, I feel like, and again, you see it and as, and I think, um, I just think you see there are people who, there are definitely people who just don't have faith ideation, like absolutely humans, yeah. hum, plenty of humans in the world now where they have different types of responses that are similar, but not faith in terms of yeah. how they, how they, their primal sense of making sense of the universe. Um, I agree. whereas, yeah, whereas fairness is, yeah, fairness comes into it. Um, I'm great. alarmed for right. when we, when we rank my band fun machine, <laughs> it's doomed. It's tough. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really upset for when we rank, um, nineties teen actor, Fred Savage. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Actually, Many are saying know, he'll, this. actually, he'll be fine. He's he's he strikes me as someone who's quite resilient. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but all right. So our bottom Fs, our bottom four. I, actually, yeah, let's do a quick since this, since it's already a long episode. Let's do a recap of the whole list from the from oh, the wow. bottom and and go back up to the top. Well, we won't okay. eventually we won't be able to do it anymore. The list will be too long. Yeah, okay, indulge. Um, indeed. So at the working from the bottom up, fulfillment at the stinky basement. Uh, then faith, fairness, fandom, borders. Health above that, genius above that, then celebrity, then marriage, then inheritance, then cheating, jobs above that, male, pornography, harnessing electricity, lunch, and then we're into the top half of the list with body modification, geoengineering, sport, imprisonment, moving, immortality, authority, and then we've got our hot top four, self-awareness, generosity story 
and jokes. Oh, they are hot. Yeah, they're so This is great, Nick. I'm enjoying it. Me too. It's a podcast I love. Not just to listen to, but also to do. Yeah, share it with your friends, you listeners. Yeah, please. If you think they'll enjoy it, obviously. Not otherwise. We'd like to make a shout out to our dear friend, Nick McCorriston, who for his production support uh, with this episode, we're still codifying his exact relationship uh, to uh, the podcast because he is uh, hotly in demand as a podcast professional. But um, mm. he's, uh, he's done a bunch of like just straight up uh, uh, pro bono support for us just out of um, his uh, support for independent podcasters, um, helping us get our audio quality better. And, um, is just, yeah, he's just, he's just one of those guys who uh, just absurdly knows what he's doing and is a calming presence for two, um, uh, you know, uh, bumbling clods such as ourselves. So, uh, thanks Nick, Mick. And, um, thanks, yeah, Nick. Uh, sh- yes. And, um, we'll see you, uh, and by see, I mean, we'll see you on the next, uh, episode of rank ideas. I already can't wait. <laughs>